Mississippi Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Uh, today is uh, Friday, but uh, October fifteenth, middle of the month, and just an, a, an absolutely not so gorgeous right. <laughs> Friday morning. Uh, storms are coming in, be coming in all day long, but uh, we're still here, bright and early. Uh, doing our show, and Matt, we have a special guest on the show today that will be uh, that we will hear from here later on. Derek, our music this morning was uh, by Queen. Just a little bit of a hint there. Uh, we let her pick the music. Um, she's a big Queen fan. I'm speaking of the 2021 uh, Hernando High School Homecoming Queen. My daughter, Miss Hannah Grace Crane. Four or five people mentioned to me last Friday night at the football game that uh, they'd like to hear an interview with Hannah Grace about the event. So we sat down with her last night. I made a joke last show that uh, she was the uh, most difficult guest ever mm-hmm. to uh, to get 15 or 20 minutes with. We've interviewed mayors, aldermen, pastors. I mean, you name it, we've interviewed them so far in the last year, and they were all very easy to handle. Uh, it was a 17-year-old teenager that was difficult to tie down for an interview. But uh, that'll be coming up here shortly. So if you're one of our younger listeners, uh, you may learn a little bit about the city of Hernando. That'll be coming up pretty soon on this edition of the UTW Podcast. So you went with the Queen song. It was a good song. It didn't go under pressure. didn't go Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody. No. Well, no, she, she decided to pick probably one of the least. It was either that song or the dumb bicycle song, which is uh, terrible, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. which is a terrible song. But anyway, yeah, so she decided to go with that one. What was uh, the one that he did with like 200,000 people in the crowd when he's on stage and just absolutely killing it? I mean, it just every, every song was awesome in that Man, one. That I was, mean, that, uh, that's one of the most amazing. Was it Live Aid? Was it yes, Live Aid? Yes, Man, yes. Just awesome. If you ever see it, look, look, Google Queen at Live Aid and just watch, uh, you know, him just, Freddie Mercury just absolutely carry a I mean, I've never seen anybody control a crowd like he right. did during that one what five to seven minute set unbelievable well the only song I, I can think of that has the word homecoming queen kind of in it is the uh, Kelsey Ballerini song but that's a that's more of a sad song so we uh, stayed away from that and I let her uh, pick the music but you'd be surprised how few songs at least what we had access to uh, where we get our bumper music from with the word queen or homecoming queen in it but uh, again anytime you can hear a little queen start off the morning not a bad deal Something else that's not a bad deal right now, Derek, is the very hot DeSoto County housing market. If you're looking for help with the DeSoto County housing market, you need to reach out to our 2021 presenting sponsor. I'm speaking of Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for well over a decade when it comes to residential real estate here in the city of Hernando and DeSoto County. They possess over 25,000 closings in the last 12 years. That's 25,000 closings in the last 12 years. They are currently offering a free, no obligation market analysis. They simply need your address. Give them your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, how fast homes are selling in the market, how fast homes are closing in the market. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics that can serve you if you're buying or selling a home in DeSoto County. There's no team out there that's going to work harder for you. 
Give them a call at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Call Brian on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 901-461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. They've been voted DeSoto County's best realtor four times and actually hold that distinction right now. Visit teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com for more information. Or again, give them a call at 662-449-1700. Once the weather clears out this weekend, it's going to be really, really nice. In the 60s, low 70s all weekend, it's going to be a great weekend. And if you're wanting to entertain, wanting to take your backyard entertainment to the next level, you definitely want to visit our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. The How to Barbecue Right Shop is located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, you want to stop by Malcolm Shop today. You can find more on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm Shop. Give them a call at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Visit their website, howtobbqright.com. That's howtobbqright.com. But the best thing to do is to stop by the How to Barbecue Right shop located at 496 Whitfield Drive right here under the water tower. Derek, before we kick off our show discussing the planning commission meeting that happened this past Tuesday, definitely want to give a shout out to the men and women at the Hernando Police Department and also the folks at Entergy. Uh, most people know what I'm talking about. Yesterday, about this time, had a power outage in Hernando on kind of one side of town, uh, the Walmart side of town for lack of Walmart, 55. All the way down uh, Commerce. All the way, way down Commerce had a, a big power outage. And, and, man, it was really amazing to see the Hernando Police Department jump into action. One lady joked on Hernando happening. She said, hey, the police department was directing traffic better than lights do. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, shout out to them for uh, jumping into action yesterday for a couple of hours until they could get that restored so uh, thank you to energy and uh, thank you to hernando police department i think maybe somebody was trimming trees or something like that and cut a line down mackinville or something yeah first i heard that was a truck that had hit right. uh, the power station but i don't think that was true right. i think they actually yeah snipped it and uh kind of cut it off we, we, we were told at the bank cops actually came by and said hey y'all gonna be closed down for the day and so we were making, you know, arrangements for people to go to the other branch of McInvale, sending people home, you know, that sort of thing. And just because we didn't have enough room and obviously we can't, I think they've actually, we only have like one or two computers at the other branch anyway. And so we were, and then about 930, it clicked back on. So yeah. I don't know what happened between about 815 and 930 to say, no, we don't have to, you know, it's going to be not, you know, 5 p.m. It's actually going to be 930 a.m. But we're very thankful it came back on, able to have a full day of work. Uh, but it was, you know, obviously inconvenienced people. And that's. Sure. I think it was right at 7.15-ish when it happened. And, you know, people are getting ready for work, showers, uh, you know, trying to get out the door, going to school. So it was just an inconvenient time, but they did it as fast as they could and got it back online in a couple hours. Shout out to Energy. Great job doing that. Something we definitely take for granted, Derek. Just, you know, having our electricity and everything working around our house. But good job by them. And, Derek, when you have stuff like that, you have different power lines and power outages and so forth, you definitely want to have some good planning. And that's what we had last Tuesday for the Hernando Planning Commission uh, month monthly meeting had a few things come out of there what you got five or six items on the agenda the first one was just something asking for a variance on the color so we'll kind of skip over that one uh the next one was um the trustmark uh bank it was asking for uh, a variance on their i guess 
outdoor facade. Now, everything in Hernando has to be brick, glass. You know, it can't be any faux material, that sort of thing uh, that can be used for, you know, on the, out of, on the outside of the building. It has to be mostly brick, mostly glass, uh, real wood. Chain link, sort of, chain link fences. Yep, chain link fences. <laughs> uh, so all that kind of stuff. Um, so, but they were asking because their facade uh, is actually kind of an aluminum composite. So what they'll do is, you know, whenever, maybe it's the Trustmark sign. Maybe it's uh, something like with part of their design that goes in their buildings, you know, to kind of make everything kind of uniform looking. They actually use some aluminum composite uh, on top of the brick. So what they were saying is, hey, look, our building is going to be brick, either brick or glass is what you're going to you know, mainly see. However, over some of the brick, we're going to have this aluminum composite sign, aluminum composite, you know, maybe some designs or decorations or lines or something like that. And they were asking for that variance. You know, they had pictures in there, had an easel that showed the, the bank itself, very good looking bank. Uh, and, you know, so the, obviously they, they do have to ask for it, but it's not nothing that's going to make it look cheaper or anything like that it's a you know as i said a very nice looking bank and so they were able they were awarded the variance for that so that's going to be at the the corner of commerce and east street beautiful new branch right there going to be where the old coleman's was great addition to the city it's going to look very nice uh, the fourth item of the agenda, this was the um, approval of the final plat of Winningham Estates. Winningham Estates, now this is the subdivision uh, in Nesbitt, just north of Nesbitt Road, a.k.a. Pleasant Hill Road. There was some discussion like about the HOAs because it kind of looked like there were maybe two or three separate HOAs in there for each phase. Had that would tie together. Uh, but again, uh, it was uh, approved now, subdivision finals also have to be recommended. So it's approved and recommended for the Board of Aldermen. I did, I did reach out to one of the planning commissioners and say, hey, you know, what's, what's the, you know, what gets recommended, what does not? He said, anything that has to be finally approved does, is recommended uh, or, you know, we, we do our vote and then it can be recommended to the Board of Aldermen. Anything like the variances uh, on the, um, you know, like what Trustmark did, they can actually approve that because all they're saying is, yes, we'll give it to the code. Now, if it's denied, then, they, then people can appeal to the alderman. So anything can be brought before the alderman, but the users of the alderman are like, hey, if y'all approve it, we're good, unless there's some kind of you know, formal uh, appeal by the, uh, by the applicant. Uh, so that, again, that was what was approved by the Planning Commission, and it will be now uh, probably be on the agenda Tuesday at the alderman meeting. Um, now, a, a lot of that, the first three things I mentioned, uh, the audio, if you try to find this, uh, was silent. For the four, 30, 47 minutes of the of the audio, uh, unfortunately, was silent. I found out that there was somebody uh, uh, new, uh, not new, but somebody different running the, the camera that night. And so they, they maybe had some issues with trying to get the audio working correctly. It did kick on about the 48th minute. So everything that I just mentioned to you, I actually reached out to a planning commissioner. I want to thank him very much for uh, kind of going over everything with me uh, that was on the agenda. Now, from here, uh, the couple things that were talked about, uh, the fifth thing on the agenda was the commercial lots right there at Renaissance Park. Um, remember, there was a huge issue about the buffer zone, and they were asking for a variance of a, of a 19.25-foot buffer instead of the required 30-foot buffer. Well, it was denied last week. I guess the process, however, they had not actually formally platted that lot yet. So what you can do is you can go and get a grading permit, which they had already done, had the dirt ready. But when you actually have to come back for your final construction permit and to plat the lot, you do have to come back and get that. They, that's what was done last night. So they did formally plat the two commercial lots on both sides of the drive that goes into Renaissance Park. So that was formally done last night at the Planning Commission meeting. Obviously, this is a final plat, which means it'll also be recommended for the Auburn meeting on Tuesday. Uh, now they did, and they did approve it with the 30-foot buffer. That nothing's changed on that. That is still that is still there. Now, Matt, the next thing on there on the agenda was the 
discussion of Anderson Farms, and this was the majority of the meeting, probably a good solid 45 minutes of the meeting was was uh, talking about this. I was aware of, you know, the, I think there's been rumors, conversations about what's kind of looking to come there, you know, over the last you know few months, maybe a year or so. Uh, this is the first time I've actually seen it, uh, heard it, you know, heard exactly what they're looking at. Now, this was not the formal request. Um, the Anderson Farms PUD, they are looking to bring a commercial and residential plan unit development on the 80 acres that sits there at Getwell and 69 down to Bahelia. So it's a northwest corner, southwest side. Yeah, south from southwest side of 69 down to Bahelia on the west side of Getwell yes. Road. This is a, a north-south rectangle uh, is what we're looking at. And so uh, they did have a copy of the proposed plan. Now, again, this is all preliminary proposed. This is not what they're officially asking for yet. And I want to reiterate that. And the, the guy that was talking, I think his name was Corey Baker uh, from Carrierville. He, that's uh, the architect. He was really, you know, uh, and the engineer kind of, he was really said, hey, look, this is not it. But this is in the county right now, and so this will become before the county. However, it is 100% in the annexation area of Hernando. It's annexation plan. I mean, yeah. that will be coming. That's right. So this will be Hernando someday. So what he's doing, trying to do, this is a kind of a courtesy thing, what they encourage any development to do. When you know a city is more than likely going to annex you in the future, go ahead and have their planning department look at it too. Well, that's what he was doing. So, you know, he kind of presented the whole thing. I, th I think that he had wanted just to kind of do it generally, but it ended up with the questions they were asking and some of the things. He ended up kind of doing a semi-preliminary, you know, basically uh, the, the, kind of the whole thing. But I, I really encourage you to go. It's right at the hour mark, uh, maybe 55-minute mark is when he starts on the YouTube channel uh, for the City of Hernando Planning. And if you're interested in this, um, he was asking for their input. It will be commercial and residential. Commercial starting closer to 69, and as you come south, it'll go to from commercial to a, uh, like a big box retailer, then to mixed-use residential, then to purely residential. So what's coming off Bahelia Road will be purely residential. It is 80 acres. Some of the things he talked about, at least two hotels. It will be a transitional mixed-use and that's in that middle part. Oh, there'll be one large box. There's one large box. There's retail restaurants. Um, there are uh, the hotels. Um, very few offices. Very few because he said office space right now is not in demand in Hernando. Um, and so it's very few offices. Now, the mixed use does include apartments. Obviously, people have stigma about apartments. At least two apartments with about 200 units is what they're looking at. So maybe 100 apiece is what he's looking at. These are higher scale I think it cost 180. He said $150,000 a room to build. So these are not these are not going to be you know $500 a month apartments. Uh, these are probably more like $1,500 a month apartments. But there there are apartments included in there. Now this is not the formal request. Sure. This can be if people say absolutely not, absolutely not. They can change it to townhomes. They can change it to you know maybe a condominium type structure, which again is a little different than what an, uh, what a townhome is, but. That he kind of went through that. He did talk about, okay, and if, if for some reason it's an absolute, absolute no, even though Jim Flanagan with the DeSoto Economic Council can come in here and tell you we need apartments in order to bring jobs you know, and, and be, have these people a place to live. The uh, assisted living facilities it would be the next thing. Okay, well, if you're not going to have apartments, we'll do assisted living facilities. It's still that kind of mixed, you know, uh, residential transitional mixed use coming down to the houses themselves. Uh, he said this is going to be a $100 million economic impact. Uh, it'll, it'll create 50, 533 jobs in this area. Uh, the traffic count would be about 11,000 daily. Sure. Uh, they'll look at about three or four cuts into the project. There'll probably be at least 
two new traffic lights added going from Bahia to to the uh, the 69 interchange, uh, which again people are like, oh my god, two more stoplights. That's, you know, I, I hate the two that are already there trying to get to the stop sign. Maybe that's so, but you know it'll be timed right, and that's a lot better than having to wait as people try to turn left into a you know a, a, to a retail shopping center. Um, so again, it's a, it's a lot of good information. About a two and a half million dollars sales tax is what they're looking at probably you know uh, annually. So it, this is something it will be in the city of Hernando at some point. Then man, it got interesting toward the end. He was basically saying, "Why don't y'all go ahead and annex it now?" Sure. And him and the city attorney started going back and forth about. Can we maybe start the annexation process? This is something maybe the board needs to look at. He says it's going to be about three months to get everything ready to start presenting, probably six months for formal approval, kind of what he, his timeline shows. So maybe in the spring, March, April is when maybe they get the final approval to start on whatever they do agree to come with what the mix looks like. And is that enough time to maybe for Hernando to go ahead and just do it now? They would be running sewer and water to the west, uh, hooking in uh, to that Jaybird area is where they would kind of connect into. So everything would flow west. So it would be Hernando water already. It would be Hernando sewer already. So why not go ahead and annex it? They were having those conversations in public meeting. Uh, and then so I think that may be something you start hearing uh, in the Alderman meeting here coming up. So just a really good discussion. I do encourage you to go on the YouTube channel and look at it. It's called Anderson Farms. Excited about that project. I mean, Derek, we talk about it all the time. We tease a little bit about the stuff that may be happening uh, there around the field house there at Mackinville in 69. We tease a little bit about that. So this project would go right hand in hand with that project. You and I have openly spoken about sales tax, commercial sales tax, those type things to pay for some of the things some of the amenities that Hernando residents like, uh, would like to see, would like to have, would like to enjoy for the next 20, 25 years, uh, but they would also not like their property tax to go up. That's right. So you can't have it both ways. The one way to do that is to attack commercial spaces, commercial uh, sales tax, uh, to pay for those things, fund those things. It's one of those projects, Derek, that I'm pretty sure the county would allow this project in, elect- in the next 12 to 18 months. Yeah. So like like the guy said, the guy to Collierville said that's doing all the engineering, hey, it may be a good idea for Hernando to go ahead and start working towards this so we can take advantage of, of all that tax base. Well, that, mm-hmm. and, you know, and go ahead and you know, why, if I got to go by your code anyway, they would have more say. Right, exactly. Right. I mean, it gives Hernando the say, okay, right. we definitely don't want this. It definitely sure. has to have this. Whereas if the county does it, the county has similar rules, but you know, may not be as strict as Hernando would want to see. Right. Or maybe they do approve something that Hernando ultimately would say, hey, man, we, you know, we really don't want to grandfather that. We would in. not have done that. Yeah. Right. So, so um, neat project. I'm excited. It is. And that there will be a couple of there will be improvements to get well in Bahelia. There will be widening of that road at that, at that spot. And then finally, um, there will be a, a fire station. A fire station will be, requ- I think it's required based on, you know, kind of the, the site, the scope of it. There would be another fire station required. Again, would that be a county fire station sure. or would that be a city fire station? Right. So uh, there will be a, sp- a spot of land donated to the city and or county for that fire station. So very, just a really very neat project. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, the last thing that was talked about in the meeting, uh, it was very short. Uh, it was basically they approved uh, the cluster mailboxes. We've talked about that before. I think it was artwork for one of our shows. Uh, we talked about that for the county. Well, now um, the city is, is talking about cluster mailboxes, and this is 
has been recommended for the Auburn meeting on Tuesday. Going forward, any new subdivision in Hernando will have to have cluster mailboxes. If it's a subdivision or a phase of 80 lots or less, they can kind of do where you can kind of just pull up, you know, maybe have a little median, pull around, check the mailboxes, and then pull away. If it's more than 80, it will require its own parking lot with 90-degree parking. Uh, so that's kind of interesting that, you know, that would be obviously be more on a developer to do that. Another thing that they talked about was each phase. So if you had multiple phases of 40 or 50 lots, maybe each phase would have its own would, would have its own cluster mailboxes. So somebody that's in phase five doesn't have to drive half a mile to get to check their mail. They can actually, once they get into their little area that was developed, you know, three years later or four years later, they can check their mail closer to their house. So those will be, look for those to start in subdivisions that are in the city limits of Hernando. Uh, and they will be architecturally nice. They will have to be brick. They will have to be, uh, you know, something that, or, or some kind of composite that will not, in, in other words, not wood that's going to fade, rot. Uh, it will have to be shingled or have a tin metal roof on it. So again, it can't rot from the top. So I think the city's put a lot of thought into that. So be looking for cluster mailboxes to come, not only in the county, uh, but in the city pending uh, alderman approval soon. There, the discussion about the cluster mailboxes and about the aesthetic beauty of them, the uh, quality of them, uh, was brought up, Derek, by uh, Miss Natalie Lynch, alderman of Ward 1 uh, here in the city of Hernando. She was concerned about the quality of, of the cluster mailboxes close to her house, and so she brought this to the mayor, brought this to the attention in the last four or five months and said, hey, we need to address that, set some standards. So uh, good job by her seeing that, seeing that need, because again, Derek, this is the way of the future. The Postal Service is requiring neighborhoods to do this, be more uh, efficient for their workers so it was something that was coming anyway and Natalie took the the ball and ran with it when it came to the cluster mailboxes in the city of Hernando so good job by her uh, for sure well Derek something else speaking of projects that we talked about here on the podcast in the last six months that have hit a bit of a snag not surprising the water park in Tunica has hit a delay what, what you got Matt, you're right. The uh, water park has had a delay. Um, the county leaders of Tunica uh, is still in the process of getting the approval for the urban renewal bonds to purchase the old Harris property, which will undergo the $140 million transformation. So, again, they're still waiting on those urban renewal bonds to make the purchase. I don't think it's a, an issue of it being rejected or anything like that. But, it, but you know, they, obviously this is dealing with the government having to get the bonds. And so they're still waiting on that. Um, that you know, everybody's still excited about it coming. Uh, of course, we expected this to be the first phase to be open the summer of next year. I would now say it's probably going to be late summer, fall next year. Uh, it will be completed in phases. Uh, phase one does include the 20-acre water park. Um, and so they're still saying summer of 20, 2022. I'm going to say it's going to be a little later than that right now because, again, if you still haven't even purchased the property, can't really do anything <laughs> to it, and you're entering wintertime, which the weather, we know how that is, trying to tear things up, trying to you know put roads in and that sort of thing. So, uh, again, it's, they're saying summer of 2022. They still say it's going to go on, but there is a delay uh, in that and, uh, and the on that first phase. It will also include a hotel, convention center, spa, sports complex, and a golf course. But the first phase will have that 20-acre water park, but it may be coming later rather than sooner. Derek, I would assume the same people that you're talking about when involved in the Tunica County government to get everything situated for this massive hundred-something million-dollar project are the same people that are involved in <laughs> and not running the air conditioner at the Tunica <laughs> Aquatic Center. So let me go ahead and tell you, I will make a prediction here on the UTW podcast 
This place, if there's a water park there by summer of 24, I'd be surprised. Ooh, call, call, call. summer of 24, yeah, which means I have to, we have to stay on the air for that long <laughs> so I can see if so it goes. I'm right. Yeah. I was right. Yeah. So uh, summer of 24 would be my opening date for that water park. I'm just going to say that. Let's put a little bit of money in there for the air conditioners at the Tunico yeah. Aquatic yeah. Center. I mean, look, that's- well, Derek, let's turn our attention to some good news in the state of Mississippi. All right. The Mississippi Department of the Public Safety, the Skip the Line program that they implemented when COVID started, allowing you to fast pass, so fast pass for the DMV, basically. Uh, it was selected as an award recipient in the Center for Digital Government's Annual Experience Awards. So this won a, a, a kind of a nationwide award because of the Skip the Line person, I mean, program, excuse me, in-person wait times have been reduced to an average mat of 18 minutes. Oh, wow. People are, yeah, so your DMV experience now is an average of 18 minutes, which again, we can all awesome. appreciate that. And I will say this, you know, people say, well, you can go down to baseball, this and that. My daughter got her license for the first time back in August. It was it was ex- extremely good experience. Wow, we went down great. there. We had a 8, 805 or 815 reservation. We walked in there. Within two to three minutes, we were at the front. Within... 20 minutes we were out of there she actually had to take a picture wait on it to be printed you know give them all the documentation we were out of there 8 35 so again a very good experience our wait time was maybe two or three minutes because we had the walk right in at the beginning of the, of the morning so again i hope that everybody's taking advantage of this you know a couple things that, that is included in this the online appointment scheduling which i just mentioned you can go on there pick your time and once you get there you literally walk in the door and say hey i've got an appointment here it is and they say go you know all right, get in line. They literally put you in line and have you going and waiting. There's a skip the line cams at the nine busiest DMVs in the state. You can actually watch it online to see how long the lines are. Uh, you can do online change of addresses now, which is fantastic. You don't have to do it, go on there to have it changed. Uh, you can do it online. And then finally, the firearm renewals, firearm permit renewals, now utilize fingerprints on file submitted with the initial concealed carry permit purchases. So applications are now available online for quick access, eliminating the requirement for an in-person visit. As long as you have you've been one time, you can now renew it online without having to go back in each time for your firearm. So the state of Mississippi has done a really good job to make the DMV experience as pleasurable as possible. It seems like the state finally realized, hey, we do work for the taxpayers. How can we make this process, this system a little bit better? They, they probably took years and years of surveys, years and years of data, and improved it and worked on that. And now you know, good on them. The DMV shouldn't be such a miserable experience. And from what it sounds like, the state of Mississippi is going in the right direction uh, to help with that. So mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. That's the way it should be uh, when it comes to th- those type things, things that you dread, that don't like to go to. Uh, when it's all said and done, if you work for the state of Mississippi, you work for us. You work for the taxpayers. We shouldn't have a five-hour, you know, issue with people that work with us for us when it comes to taxpayers. So good for the state of Mississippi right there. Well, speaking of an awesome, great experience – I'm talking of the Hernando Farmer's Market. The Hernando Farmer's Market brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to gather. It's a place to shop. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. For more information, you can contact Gia Matheny at 449-9092. That's 449-9092. The Hernando Farmer's Market takes place every Saturday from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. That's 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. right here on the historic Hernando Square. 
We will begin to mention with our ads for the farmer's market, which will be running through October, that they will actually have a on Saturday, November 13th, as part of the Dickens of a Christmas by the city of Hernando, will take place Saturday, November 13th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. That's Saturday, November 13th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're going to have more information about Dickens of a Christmas. Going to be an awesome, awesome event coming up in the city of Hernando. Actually, an award-winning event will be taking place. Derek, one thing that will be happening on Friday, November 12th, at 6 p.m., we're going to have the Christmas tree lighting. I mentioned Miss Natalie Lynch a few moments ago when it came to the cluster mailboxes. I, w- I do not mind saying this. The beautiful, gorgeous Christmas tree, which is as beautiful as any Christmas tree in the Mid-South, uh, was really a project of love by her mm-hmm. pursuing that and saying we have to improve our city Christmas tree. And she took that project on by herself two years ago with the help of the Hernando Young Women's Club, Hernando United Methodist Church, to get that done and get that lit. There may be some other ones I'm forgetting. But just going to be an awesome event. So that's going to be part of the Hernando Farmer's Market and the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas coming up Saturday, November 13th. Until then, get out to the Hernando Farmer's Market this weekend, 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. on the historic Hernando Square. The secret is out. North Point Christian is the Soto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. They invite prospective families and students to mark their calendars for today. Friday, October 15th at 9.30 a.m., probably by the time you may be listening to the show. This will be their first open house admissions event of the year. This open house is specifically designed for new prospective families with children pre-K through 12th grade. School choice is often about feel, and they have designed an event to help you know if North Point is right for you. Come see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. School representatives will be on hand to answer your questions about North Point's distinctive approach to school health and safety, as well as their unmatched academic, athletic, and arts offerings. They are asking for reservations to be made today, or please call them after the event today and hold your spot by contacting their Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127, again, 662-349-5127, or by emailing her at s-s-h-e-r-o-n at ncstrojans.com. Before we mention our next advertiser, Derek, let's recognize him on a couple things. You and I had the honor to speak at the Hernando Rotary Club meeting this past Wednesday. Had a chance to sit down with those gentlemen and enjoy lunch. But then you and I had a chance to present about the UTW podcast, what it is, how it came about, mine and your relationship, uh, talk a lot about positive things going on in the city. And we were invited there by Mr. Sam Lauderdale to speak uh, on behalf of the UTW podcast. So, Mr. Sam, we, we certainly, certainly appreciate that honor, that opportunity to talk to other people about our podcast and why we do it and then also Derek you said Mr. Sam sent you a text about our fact of the week the other day uh, the um, draconian like (laughs) rules for teachers in 2000 putting it nicely in 19 the 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 Uh, like Brian Couts texted me and about you and I both, we had Sharia law in uh, 1915 <laughs> when it came to the teachers. Just exactly. a, a really, really neat thing. If you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the Soto County Fact of the Week. Share it with some of your teacher friends and say, hey, you guys have it easy compared to those ladies back in 1915. Just pretty awesome. But he was mentioning that his aunt was one of those teachers in 1915. Yeah, his great aunt. His, his great, great aunt, aunt was one of his, one of the teachers there in 1915. So, Mr. Sam, uh, glad he still listens. I'm, I'm, I appreciate him supporting and, and sponsoring, being a sponsor, but definitely glad he's a listener. 
listener, which is most important to us. Lauderdale Insurance Agency is your local State Farm provider. They are located at 11 West Commerce Street, directly across from the Hernando Post Office. Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and local resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for auto, life, home, or your business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information about them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Thank you again, Mr. Sam, for being a longtime sponsor of the UTW Podcast. Again, young people, if you joined us or joined the UTW podcast for the first time to hear the interview with the Hernando High School homecoming queen, Miss Hannah Grace Crane, we really appreciate any new listeners that may have tuned in for her for sure. Uh, it's a wonderful interview. Sat down with her for about 20 minutes, 18, 19 minutes uh, last night. So I really look forward to that. So give, give us a few more minutes to, uh, to continue with our Friday show. Derek, our Friday show always consists of our DeSoto County shout outs. Our DeSoto County shout outs, which are simply opportunities that you and I take to recognize some of the nonprofits all across Hernando that are doing wonderful things, trying to raise money for different things that maybe just need a help, a little bit of boost or a little bit of uh, help when it comes to their project, comes to their uh, their event. The next two events are going to be something that's coming up tomorrow. Halloween Off the Square. That's Saturday, October 16th. Halloween Off the Square. It is a partnership between the Hernando Main Street Cham- Chamber of Commerce and Connection Gymnastics at the DeSoto County Administration Building, the huge parking lot right there off the square from 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Let's keep it real. It is simply a trunk or treat event, a trunk or treat event, 3 o'clock to 5 o'clock tomorrow, Saturday, October 16th. For more information, call 429-9055. That's 429-9055. Not a lot of time left to call and set up, but they do have spots available for you to be a trunk if you're interested. This trunk or treating, real quick, is for 12 and under. If you have a cell phone and maybe a girlfriend, don't come. <laughs> if, you're, if you're coming dressed up with a football jersey and carrying a pillowcase, this is not. do not come. Yeah. Our next event, Matt, is right after that. Uh, that's from 3 to 5. The next event is from 6 to 9 tomorrow night uh, off the Hernando Square. But this one is in the Panola Street Courtyard, just behind ACs, just behind the Northwest Community Foundation building uh, right there uh, on Panola Pino- Street. It is the Hernando Rotary Brewfest. This is the third annual Hernando Rotary Brewfest. It will be tomorrow night from 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, this is a, a craft beer tasting. We're going to have local food, a live music, just a great uh, event for the Hernando Rotary that they're putting on. Uh, the proceeds will be going to the Honduras Waterwell uh, Mission and all, as well as the Vaden Scholarship, which funds $1,000 scholarships to two Hernando seniors or two seniors who have addresses in the 3863 zip code. So again, this is a wonderful event. Uh, come out, a very unique event for this area. Uh, it will be started at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. The gates will open. There will be tickets available at the door. Uh, if you have not gotten your tickets in advance, there will be tickets available at the door, but we, we and I am in the Hernando Rotary, we are capping it at 200 people uh, because that's about what the courtyard can handle we will have like tables and you know set up and chairs and there'll be uh, two breweries coming down we will also have craft beer provided uh, by the craft beer store in Hernando as well as cart beverage so we want to thank them uh, we will also have food from uh, Papa John's and Bonchibo and Brick Oven and Lenny's and Crossroads and I don't want to forget anybody I know I have already but uh, again just uh, all these places that so the food oh Scotty's Scotty Smokehouse all these places will be providing food so you can come make your supper you can come sit and drink uh, and taste different crafts 
beers. You'll be handed a cup at the door, uh, and you'll be able to sample as many craft beers as you want to. So again, tomorrow night, 6 to 9 p.m., $30 for an individual, $50 for a couple. Hope to see you there. It's a wonderful event. I talked. I had a chance to listen to y'all talk about it quite a bit at the Rotary Club on Wednesday. Just a really, really neat event. Please get out and support the Rotary Club. Uh, been around a long, long time in the city of Hernando. Just 85 real, years. 85, 85 years. years. The third annual brew fest for the Hernando Rotary Club. So good luck to you gentlemen and women tomorrow night. Uh, should be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful event for a, a great cause. Well, Derek, really not, not a better way to transition into a church uh, fall festival than coming off of a craft beer festival. Tell us about the Hernando United Methodist Church Fall Festival coming up next weekend. On Sunday, October 24th from 4 to 6 p.m. will be the uh, Fall Festival at Hernando United Methodist Church. This will be right there on the, the north parking lot, so on the north side of the church. Uh, we're going to have uh, just a bunch of arts and crafts. We'll have like a little fishing booth. We'll have a cakewalk, a ring toss, sandbag toss, stuff like that. So just a wonderful, everything will be outside, you know, pending weather, obviously. The rain date will be November 7th, so if it does not take place on the 24th, it will be November 7th. But just come out and support. I mean, this is all free for everybody that wants to come out. Uh, we do encourage you to wear Halloween costumes uh, for the children to come out and just, again, just uh, celebrate a, a good time. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Just a beautiful fall to come out, to get candy, to fellowship, to, uh, you know, there will be some prayer at the beginning, prayer at the end, uh, and just to, just to have a good time and just to, just, I mean, see your neighbors, see your community people, and just uh, and come and enjoy just a wonderful carnival-like atmosphere there on the north side of the uh, HMC. So I uh, hope to see everybody again Sunday, uh, October. October 24th from 4 to 6 p.m. And Derek, you and I attend Hernando United Methodist Church, so that's one reason we went ahead and discussed them. We, we discussed putting them in the shout-outs to bring attention to that. So uh, please don't send us your uh, you know, uh, spaghetti dinners and spaghetti lunches and stuff like that from your church because uh, you know, there's a reason that we, we you know, support an HUMC for sure. So good luck on October 24th. A lot of fun. It's not very long. It's come and go, but still a great opportunity to get out and, and, and have fun with the kids for sure. Well, speaking of having fun with the kids, our last shout out today, as we will continue to talk about, is going to be the Crew of Hernando, the inaugural Crew Boo Fun Run. We continue to talk about it. Derek, before we talk about the Crew Boo Fun Run, let me praise them real quick for something. Most of our podcast listeners know all about the golf tournament we had about 60 days ago, put together a, a, a successful golf tournament there at Hernando Golf and Racquet Club, and we raised over $15,000. Derek, from that $15,000, we are going to be able to fund all 30 applications for grants from the DeSoto Economic Council will be covered by the crew of Hernando. Well, so all 30 Hernando teachers. All 30 Hernando teachers. You're totally right. All 30 Hernando teachers will be funded, fully funded, from that that uh, golf tournament so that we we feel like and hope that that's going to be the first of many golf tournaments for years to come but i did want to say that on our podcast i know we have a lot of listeners i know the crew of fernando uh you know maybe sometimes uh <laughs> sometimes we have to <clears throat> let other people know what the crew of fernando does what the crew of fernando tries to do and i'm very very honored to say that we will fund every single grant by the Hernando teachers that were applied for by the DeSoto Economic Council. 30 grants totaling over $13,000. Our pleasure to do it. Really fun. Turn our attention quickly. Again, inaugural Crew Boo Fun Run, Saturday, October 30th, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Registration is open at raceroster.com. That's raceroster.com or look on the Crew Fernando Facebook page for a link. Very easy to sign up. You can sign up that morning. That's not a problem, but go ahead and register in advance if you can. We really would appreciate that so we can have as 
uh, fast a line as possible would be good. 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., very simple. A simple children's fun run. They can be pulled in a wagon. They can ride a bike. They can jog. They can walk. They can do whatever they want to do. Face painting, jumpy jump, snacks for the kids. It will start at 10 o'clock. The race will start at 10, registration at 9. We're out of there at 12. It's, yeah, I mean, the race, you know, it, again, it's a mile. So, it, yeah. I mean, you could basically walk, crawl, whatever you want to do and be back in an hour. So, the race the race portion will be over by 11, and then you can hang out and do whatever. But we will be, yeah, it'll be closed by 12 o'clock. Again, I mean, that's the day before Halloween. It's a Saturday. People sure. have football. So, give everybody a chance to have the entire afternoon and evening to themselves. Every single bit of the proceeds is going to the Hernando Public Library. Whether it's $5 or $5,000, you are supporting the Hernando Public Library, not the crew of Hernando. That's what you're supporting on that particular day. So really looking forward to that. We'll bring it up again next week and then obviously right before the event. So Saturday, October 30th, moms and dads, if you can hear our voice, it's going to be a really, really good time to get some cute pictures, Instagram pictures, all that kind of stuff. Saturday, October 30th, hopefully it'll be a beautiful morning, a uh, chance to get out, celebrate with the kids, celebrate Halloween, and also support the Hernando Public Library. So we definitely definitely look forward to that well Derek speaking of a wonderful asset in the city of Fernando someone that has been a part for over 60 years I'm speaking of the Soto Family Dental Care the Soto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience Dr. Seymour Dr. Paroli and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile the practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments and general dentistry, including implants and implant-supported dentures, as well as Invisalign. DFDC makes use of modern technology, such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Podcast is brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, fall cleanups, new gate construction, new fence construction, gate repair, anything needed on the outside of your home or commercial building, call Richard and his team today. You can reach them at 292-8855. That's 292-8855. Visit their website at williamslawnmaintenance.com. That's williamslawnmaintenance.com. Or find more information on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Thank you, Richard, for continuing to be a UTW podcast advertiser. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king.
Well, Derek, we've delighted enough. We had all the, these young people that are listening to the UTW podcast for the first time, probably pulling their hair out because it's hard to get them to listen to anything uh, you know, this long. But we uh, had an opportunity to sit down with Hannah Grace Crane, the Hernando High School homecoming queen for 2021. Again, as you, most of you all know, my daughter, a uh, longtime friend of Derek Bigline, um, <laughs> my daughter, and just had a good experience with her, a chance to sit down. So we're going to go to her interview now. Very excited to welcome in Miss Hannah Grace Crane, the 2021 Hernando High School Homecoming Queen. Happens to be my daughter. So, uh, Hannah Grace, glad you could sit down with us under the water tower. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit awkward. I mean, I understand uh, it could be a little strange visiting with your dad uh, kind of in this format. So, But we really do appreciate you. Four or five people mentioned to me last Friday night while we were on the field uh, that I should have you on the show. So I took that as a cue to to get that set up. So talk, take us back to last Friday night. Well, actually, take us back. When did nominations and all that type stuff uh, open? Nominations opened about two weeks ahead of homecoming. Uh, the nominations usually go into after everyone's nominated, then everyone votes on the nominees to create the ballot to elect the court. But this year they did it differently where it was just the people who received the most number of nominations just went straight to the court. So it was very short notice, probably about three weeks to get to have our stuff, our dresses, our outfits. So I understand that they were trying to give us the most time to find all of our outfits, but it definitely was a very hectic few weeks trying to figure out who was going to be on the court this year. Several people mentioned to you the, the dress that you had was kind of a, what kind of color is that? Magenta? I used to say hot pink purplish, but magenta is much shorter and easier to say. Okay, gotcha. Beautiful dress uh, that your mom was able to find. It's kind of a crazy story. Uh, found it on Facebook and found it through some different uh, online social media stuff. And the lady who owned the dress or the young lady who used the dress last year uh, had a mutual friend, actually a mutual neighbor of some good friends of ours. So it kind of worked out for us to, to do that. So take us back to last Friday, getting ready to walk across the field, uh, getting everything going. What was that like when you had an opportunity to kind of take it in? What was that like uh, from a homecoming standpoint with your other senior mates? Well, before we went out there for halftime, the first and second quarter, we just get to watch the game. The court sits on risers in the end zone, and we watched the gameplay. And it was very funny to me because most people probably picture this dainty homecoming court. And we had two cheerleaders on the court and one basketball player who's used to cheering for the boys team. And so what I thought was so funny is you look around and all of the senior maids at least are standing and we're like, what you know about Hernando? Like we're really cheering for the team instead of just sitting there. And so it was very fun to just be so casual and not be too you know, girlish or, or competitive or even just stiff. Like it, we were able to just turn up in these gowns and have a good time together instead of just sitting in a chair. What could have just been sitting in a chair waiting to go on the field was actually much more fun than that. And it did feel a little bittersweet to me just for a moment because I spent three years of high school coming to every homecoming game, supporting my school and looking down and seeing the court there. And Never did I really think that it would be me, my senior year, sitting there looking at the student section. So it was a very surreal moment when I thought to myself, remember when you wanted this? And I decided to just take a snapshot of that. And it really only got better from there as we got closer to halftime. 
before we discuss walking across the field, walking down the 50-yard line with your dad, take us back to Thursday. I had the opportunity to drive you in the homecoming parade. It has been a while since Hernando had a parade, and you and I joked uh, about it. it. Hernando was in need of a, a parade. And, and tell me what you think about your hometown uh, showing up and showing out and how much fun that was to get to do that with all your classmates and schoolmates. I was a little worried for a moment there that maybe people wouldn't come out because it'd been so long since we'd had a parade. There's usually three or four different start times of the parade elsewhere on social media and Hernando happenings. And sometimes people don't know when it starts. Other people think it's too much trouble. So I was a little worried at first that given all the work that all of our clubs and our classes had put into our floats and our cars, that maybe we wouldn't have that much of a turnout. And so when we turned the corner to go down Commerce Street, I just remember thinking to myself, this is awesome to be surrounded by my hometown that came out. Everyone knows it's been so long since we had a homecoming parade. And I remember saying to you, it's nice to have parades again. It was wonderful to see so many people come out. And as Hernando's gotten bigger, it's just great that they still maintain that value of we're going to support our high school and we're going to support these kids. And so it really was a moment of just me loving my hometown. Before the game on Friday night, after the parade on Thursday, before the game on Friday night, again, we'll get to the actual crowning in just one moment, but before the game, early that morning around 9 a.m., had an awesome, awesome pep rally. You being a senior of 22, really good number of seniors showed out to support and so forth. Tell us about the pep rally uh, that Friday morning. Well, the previous pep rally, we'd had an issue with the senior class not showing up, and that was for various reasons. It's not me saying that they don't have any school spirit, but a lot of seniors work at this age. People you know, have work release in the morning. People have work release in the afternoon. So sometimes people aren't in the building to hear, hey, we have a pep rally. And so that was our trouble last week or two weeks ago was that we were missing a lot of our seniors. Our section was too big and made us look like none of us were there. And so this week, we, the senior class or the senior class officers especially really wanted to get as many people there as possible. It's our last homecoming pep rally. It's a big deal. And so we took to social media to let people know, like, please come to the pep rally. There's a pep rally. We want to let you know in advance because that was something people said last time that they didn't know far enough in advance. And I was kind of anxious going in there that morning thinking, oh gosh, like I hope people showed up because this is so important. And I sat on the risers with the court looking at the student body and was just so happy to see the class of 22 was actually there. Everyone was in their jerseys or almost everyone. Everyone was on theme. People had signs. It was awesome to see my class show out just like we should have. And to see that, you know, for a moment, people were like, you know what, I'm not too cool. Like, this is a great thing. School spirit's cool. And I was very proud. I took a picture of them all, actually, because I was directly in front of them. And I posted it, like, to let my class know, I'm really proud of us. Like, look what we did today. So the pep rally was great for me to see my class there. And the presentation of the court, it went really well. I'm very appreciative to uh, my escort Ford Chatham for you know agreeing to escort me all week and agreeing to be my daytime escort. We just had a lot of fun sitting there waiting for the time to present. Overall, I think the pep rally was just excellent. It, it, it was outdoors. Usually our pep rallies are indoors. There was a little bit of uncertainty. How is this going to go? We've never done a pep rally outdoors, much less a homecoming pep rally outdoors. Where are we going to put the court? Where are we going to put the band? But 
I think Hernando High School did an awesome thing, pulled it off, and if this is the way we have to do pep rallies going forward, I think they're going to be just fine. Yeah, I thought the pep rally turned out very well for an outside pep rally. Uh, in the gym, I can only imagine how loud it would be and, and the spirit and so forth. But for, if it has to be outside, I don't think they could have done uh, much better, really. So definitely a shout-out to Principal Case and the group that put together and did the best they can when it comes to having outside pep rallies. All right, so let's get up to Let's catch up to Friday night. We're getting ready. The game's starting to wind down in the first half. Hernando's up, uh, winning uh, halftime twenty one nothing and we get started to walk across the field and uh, the band comes out and uh, the young lady begins reading out the court freshman maids sophomore maids junior maids and then we start with the seniors what's going through your mind as, as we're getting ready to walk across the 50 yard line for Hernando High School homecoming it was really just another moment of remember when you wanted what you have You've spent three years in the student section watching the previous maids all be presented, most of whom, as you got older, were your friends. You've watched some of your personal friends be homecoming queen. And so in the back of my mind, I wanted to be on the court. I feel like most girls in high school in the back of their minds at least think, oh, yeah, that would be nice. But I had sort of convinced myself that that's not going to happen. And it's really not a big deal if it doesn't. And so me being on that field was just another reminder to me, like, you did care about this. And I was just so grateful in that moment to be where I was thinking, this is crazy. I remembered being a freshman and watching the maids being presented that year and thinking, wow, they're all so accomplished and hearing all the things about them and thinking, I want to be like them and to be the one walking across the field and having my friends who I could see and my family members who had come just cheering for me, so excited for me, it really was humbling and I was just so grateful to be in that moment. So the time comes, all the senior mates uh, are uh, escorted out by their by their fathers, escorted out to the different yard lines and, and everything's ready to go. And the young lady upstairs simply sa- says, uh, and now the moment we've been waiting for, and your name is called as Hernando High School 2021 Homecoming Queen. What were your thoughts? Well, first of all, my dress suddenly felt three sizes too tight. <laughs> it, it was a little hard to breathe for just a moment there. I really just could not believe it. And, you know, I have a lot of friends and all of the things that I'm involved in who I've said that to, and they're like, oh, of course you could believe it. Like, what do you mean you couldn't believe it? Like, all five of the senior maids are very accomplished young ladies and have done so much. I mean, any one of us definitely deserves that. And so they were, when they ask me, they're like, what do you mean you were surprised? It's just more of a matter of, I really never thought it would be me. I was just so surprised and grateful. Again, that's definitely the word that the most comes out of the entire week, the entire experience. But we made our way to the 50-yard line, and I didn't trip somehow, and I didn't pass out somehow. (laughs) And just being there, being crowned, and the previous homecoming queen is a good friend of mine, too. Miss Ellie Sarter. Yes. Miss Ellie Sarter, such a sweet young lady. Very accomplished, always been a role model for me. And to have her passing the crown on to me was just something that felt so awesome, like so right. And I was just absolutely blown away by what was going on. They were, you know, taking pictures and I had Mr. Case take a picture with me and Ford and all these people. But the whole time that these pictures are being taken, I mean, the smile in all of them was definitely real. I don't think I stopped smiling for the rest of the night. Um, It was just 
so crazy and it's taken me almost a week to really reflect on it all and process it because of just how much of a on the inside obviously because you have to smile but on the inside how much of a like jaw-dropping moment it was to actually hear my name and I don't think I'll ever get over it. Well, the list of things that you're involved in, everything from student council, interact club, superintendent's youth leadership class. I'm not saying this just because you are my daughter. You are definitely a very, I made a joke last week when we were trying to, uh, we were joking about having you on the show, trying to nail you down for a time an opportunity <laughs> to sit down is not easy uh definitely a, a busy teenager but uh busy with positive things and then you also run the social media accounts for some of the groups that you're in so uh, as we start to wrap up and we'll talk more about what you have going on tomorrow uh as representing the city of hernando representing hernando high school tomorrow just one minute i know you it's it's an honor to be homecoming queen for sure no doubt but i know this as your father Hernando High School has been very, very special to you for the last three years. Tell us what Hernando High School means to you as a Tiger. I'm glad that I was able to have my high school experience in Hernando High School. People tell you you're going to meet in college or in your adult life are going to say, I didn't enjoy high school or high school was terrible. College is the best years of my life. And I'm not here to say that high school one day will have been the best years of my life. I don't feel like that at all. But I had a very good high school experience. I'm still having that good high school experience. And so the fact that it took place at Hernando will always be something that I am, again, grateful for is to have been a Tiger. Because when you walk into Hernando and everyone is you know, everywhere, everyone's complaining about something, someone's at the vending machines getting shooed off to class. Something about walking into the place I've attended for four years, and it's all the same complaints. It's our school is smaller than everyone else's, or that everyone's upset about some test, or the intercom has switched the bell tone for like the fourth time today, or the power goes out, or the internet goes out, something like that. When something weird happens at Hernando, something about just being at this school is something I'm going to miss. I can't even put my finger on it if I had to tell you because something about just the whole high school experience, whether it's just walking in in the morning, standing in the lunch line, I'm going to miss all of it. There's really nothing that I can really put my finger on and say that defines high school because sometimes it's just walking to the class. Sometimes it's just walking into the doors. Other times it's me representing them somehow in name. Being a tiger will always be something I'm so proud about. Even when I've got grandkids, I'll always be like, my high school was better than your high school. And here's why. (laughs) Well, look, as I mentioned just a second ago, before we wrap up tomorrow, you will be performing, having an opportunity to represent Hernando High School in something that also has been very special to you for the last three years, competing as a Hernando Tiger Shark. For those listeners that don't know what a Tiger Shark is, it is the nickname of the Hernando swim team, which you've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed and been a part of. Tell us what you'll be doing tomorrow afternoon around three o'clock. So tomorrow in Cleveland at three, when the north half which is our state qualifying meet starts. I have qualified to compete in the 50 freestyle, which is just there and back across the pool for my non-swim familiar friends. And it's going to be my last race of my high school swim career, which has been three years for me. And the group that qualified this year is much smaller than it's been in the past, but they're all 
uh, great kids. Three of us are seniors, uh, Nick Cates, Anna Claire Carter, and I. And for us, it's going to be so surreal to think that this is your last race. Anna Claire was on the team for a year before I joined it, but when I did join it, I mean, she has always been so supportive of me. I'm so glad this is an experience we get to have together. As the last remaining people in our minds, we had a friend group from last year, and this year it's she and I, and so the fact that we get to do it is so special together. We get to wear those ugly tech suits together and take plenty of pictures. And it's definitely going to be difficult because I mean, for Anna Claire, our coach is coach Nikki Witten and real quick, coach Nikki Witten's the official softball coach of the UTW podcast. <laughs> and she's the team coach for the uh, tiger sharks for Hernando high school. Right. And she's coached Anna Claire personally for much longer than she's coached or taught me. And so I know that's going to be very emotional for her. It's going to be emotional for me. I will say that this meet tomorrow, even though it's my last individual race, I will be upset because it will be the end of my swim career, but it won't compare to how distraught I was when our last regular season meet was last week. And the regular season is where the entire team competes. And then at that regular season meet is when whoever qualified for North half to compete the next weekend, they continue practicing, whereas the season is over for the rest of the team. And that was a lot more upsetting and emotional for me just because I joined swim, not because I thought I can be a state champion swimmer because I am no state champion. I joined SWIM because I saw people as a friend group. I saw SWIM as these people could be my friends. And I did want to do a sport. And so far, I had had no luck in anything else. But SWIM has become so much more than just getting on the block, diving in and getting back out. It means to me eating dinner after meets. It means going to practice, complaining about practice um, in the locker room beforehand. It means sharing goggles and sharing caps and driving people places and taking people home after meets. It means a team to me and it means friends to me much more than it means a number or what lane I'm in. And so that's the part that definitely is going to be the hardest for me to move on from is all of my friends. But that's why being a tiger shark is also something that I'm so proud of and glad that I did. I've always said that the teams that I played for, football, baseball, the rides there and back were always the most fun. Win or lose, uh, enjoying the you know the locker room and making those friendships were always just so important. So, Coach Nikki Witten, we thank you. At least uh, one dad thanks you for being a part, uh, doing the swim team for the last three years. We definitely appreciate that. Uh, Hannah Grace, I love you so much. I'm so appreciative that you would sit down with us for a little while. I, I know Mr. Derek is very proud of you, and a lot of listeners from the UTW podcast were cheering you on last week and and praying for you which I, I think is definitely the most important thing they are uh, you know we're literally praying for uh just your guidance and praying for a win of course but uh so so appreciative of, of all of that but thank you so much for coming in and congratulations on being the 2021 hernando high school homecoming queen thank you we want to thank hannah grace uh, for sitting down with her dad last night uh to I go over this, as he said, you're trying to book somebody in your own actual household is harder than trying to get somebody outside. I guess they can, you know, think that they can, you know, basically do what they want or they'll get to you on their own time and teenagers kind of push you aside anyway. But really want to thank her for coming in and sitting down and just kind of expressing what her feelings, thoughts were on that day and just, you know, for Hernando in general. So uh, just really appreciate her time. And again, congratulations to her. A huge honor for her uh, and just uh, something that she'll remember for the rest of her life and glad that all of her friends and family could be there to share it with her that night. 
Derek, we definitely didn't want to do it. Uh, again, four or five people mentioned it to me on the field, including uh, Principal Case, who has sat down with us under the water tower, mentioned having her on the show. So that's why we did it. was not a uh, braggadocious thing or anything like that when it comes to the podcast. So uh, several people mentioned they'd like to hear it, and that's why we did it. And you mentioned the big issue, Derek, is getting her to the studio. I could have easily taken all the stuff to yeah. our house and yeah. done it at our home, but getting her here. And, of course, as true teenagers, she comes in with her you know, slippers and, and, and sweatshirts <laughs> and, and you know, a couple of slices of pizza, you know, to nice. come into the studio. So I don't know if anybody's ever eaten anything in here. Of course, she walks in and has her pizza and her drink and all that kind of stuff. So in true 17-year-old young lady fashion. But uh, again, just an honor and really, really excited. Well, Derek, before we talk about the Lewisburg homecoming that took place last night due to weather, let's visit about volleyball here in DeSoto County. Volleyball comes to an end. Tell us about it. All right, the Northmont Lady Trojans uh, have not played in the last week. They did receive the first one by in the state tournament with their original win last Thursday. They now will host the second round tomorrow at 2 p.m. against Knoxville Grace. The Lady Trojans hope to make a deep run toward the state finals, so please show up at Trojan Gym tomorrow, Saturday at 2 p.m. to cheer them on. And, of course, we wish luck to the Lady Trojans as they try to continue their season uh, past tomorrow. In the first round of the 6A state playoffs, the Lewisburg Lady Patriots traveled to Oxford to take on the Lady Chargers. Lewisburg started off strong, taking the first set 25-19. to The Lady Chargers battled back to easily take the second set 25-12. to And even though the matches are best three out of five sets, the determining set of this match was the third. Both teams battled back and forth and fought to 24-all. Having to win by two, the Lady Patriots took a 25-24 to lead in the third set, only to see the Lady Chargers get the next point and then the two points after that to take that third set 27-25. With the 2-1 lead, the Lady Chargers took the third set momentum and finished off the Lady Patriots 25-15 in the fourth set. The Lady Patriots fought hard, but the higher-seeded Lady Chargers get the 3-1 win and will move to the second round. Lewisburg ends the season 23-12, and and the whole team, especially the seniors, should hold their heads up high on a great season for their school. So, again, congratulations to the Lewisburg Lady Patriots on a great season. Next, the Lady Tigers had to travel down to Madison Central for their first-round matchup against the Lady Jaguars. The Lady Tigers were playing a much more experienced Lady Jaguar team, and the match reflected that. Hernando played tight the first set, finally dropping the set 25-21. The next two sets were a little less close, with the Lady Tigers dropping the second set 25-19, and then the third set 25-14. The Lady Tigers played well, but the Lady Jaguars had a really uh, good player who just dominated the match. The Lady Tigers are a younger team, have a good young core coming up, so they should be proud of their playoff showing and in what the future holds. We want to say congratulations to the seniors and look forward to the covering the underclass women in years to come. We've been given knowledge that the DeSoto County teams that we cover are going to be pretty good over the coming years, some young talent. So we definitely look forward to uh, covering them. So I tease it just a second ago, Derek. We're going to go talk about the Lewisburg homecoming first because that game happened first, and then we'll preview the next two games. Tell me about Lewisburg homecoming. Last night uh, did not go very well. It did not go very for well. For the uh, Patriots. They moved it up from Friday to Thursday because of the storms coming in tonight. We'll, we'll see if that was a, a smart decision based on you know Hernando playing tonight North Point playing tonight, how the storms affect their games. Uh, but they did move it from uh, Friday night to Thursday night. They were taking on that. You know, when you, take, when you pick your homecoming games, you know, you want to pick somebody that at least you can play with. Usually maybe you want that cupcake to give that home, the uh, home crowd a victory. Matt, they played South Panola. Uh, Derek, they uh, they decided to eat a little humble pie. They they, the, they uh, decided to play South Panola nope. for their homecoming. That's tough. Yep. Um, so, again, <laughs> South Panola comes in. Lewisburg does jump on top. 
to a three nothing lead. Uh, they were back to back turnovers. They were driving. They fumbled immediately. Then uh, uh, South Panola fumbled it back to them. They were able to get three points off of that. And then from then on out, it was South Panola, uh, basically South Panola. Murder. Game. At the end of the first quarter, it was 14 to three South Panola. At halftime, it was 25 to three South Panola. And then at the end of the game, uh, I don't know if it had a running clock or not. I was not there. However, only one more touchdown was scored in the second half. Obviously, South Panola kind of put the pulled their foot off the accelerator, and they uh, probably got some younger kids a uh, chance to play. South Panola uh, does knock off the Patriots, forty-two to three, for the final score, knocking the uh, Lewisburg Patriots down to one and six, zero and four in district. Uh, they will be back next week as they travel to South Haven. Uh, not 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 a much easier game no. for that one. They have to travel to South Haven, which Hernando has already done this year, to face the Chargers, of course, next Friday night at 7 p.m. Just a tough year that's been uh, for the Lewisburg Patriots, and I think it's only going to continue again. We'll preview that game next week. But congratulations to Lewisburg for what seemed like a beautiful homecoming. They uh, moved the game, did all the festivities before the uh, the game and during the game, uh, before the weather rolled in. So congratulations to them for at least that. Wonderful for school spirit, community spirit, all that type of stuff. However, uh, yeah, you're right, Derek. South mm-hmm. Is going to be your tough homecoming competition. Well, Derek, let's move up, get well, go up to talk about North Point. A big district match happens tonight. Your son will be a part of it. Tell us what the North Point Trojans have to deal with tonight. All right, North Point, 4-3, and 1-0 and in district, are playing ECS Eagles, 5-2, and 0-1 oh and in the district. North Point will travel to ECS tonight in that district matchup. The Trojans are coming off a 63-18 victory over an overmatched St. Benedict team, while the Eagles will be a much tougher challenge. ECS had a bye last week and will be rested as they welcome the Trojans. ECS does have the one district loss, two district favorite Lausanne, so we'll be looking at the Trojans for their first district win. The Trojans will be hoping that the high, their high-powered offense can match up against a very good Eagle defense who held Olive Branch High School to only seven points and shut out Jackson Christian 21-0 after the Trojans had given up 56 points to the Blue Devils. The defense the Trojans have played over the last couple of games is, has been good, but we'll have to stop the Eagle ground game led by one of the best running backs in the area. The Eagles will attack the weakness of the Trojan defense on the ground to control the clock and try to keep quarterback Jack Patterson and wide receivers Alex Wright, Jackson Thomason, and Christian Gillian on the sidelines. As I've done all season due to bias, I will be picking the Trojans to do just enough to squeak out a victory. This will be tough to do against a team they have struggled to play with over the last three years and the bias of playing at a known Tennessee football team with Tennessee officials. But, Matt, again, uh, based on my, my bias of my son playing, my prediction is Trojans 28-24. to 24. I told you, Derek, you got to start believing in yourself at some point. The Trojan offense is really good. The defense is playing much better. I look for a big game tonight from Cooper McCoy, the defensive standout for the Trojans, and I'm going to pick a two-point victory. I don't know the score. Two-point victory for the North Point Trojans. They just got to they got to believe in themselves. ECS is not a good team as they typically are. They're, this is a quote-unquote down year for them, That's which, fine. again, North Point has – been balling up by 40 the last four three years so take yep. advantage of the down year yep. take advantage of the I down agree. year you only got to win by one believe in yourself get it to the fourth quarter still in the game trojans by two points tonight i'm really really excited to hear and watch some of your tweets back and forth uh, tonight when it comes to the trojans good luck boys go to tennessee see what you can put together and take the lead there in the uh, the district for sure 
And, of course, Matt, with the mascot battle, it's an eagle versus a Trojan, so we're going to go with the Trojan. Trojan, definitely. I mean, the eagle, I mean, just they just stay away from each other. They just would, <laughs> they would just stay away. It would probably be more of a draw, but if they ever, if the eagle had to come to the ground, the Trojan would definitely win for sure. Bring us on down here, Derek. The Hernando Tigers tonight will battle a DeSoto County rival. Tell us about that game. Yeah, Hernando, 2-5, and 1-2, and two, traveling to DeSoto Central, 4-3, and 3-0. Three, three and oh. Hernando is coming off a big 35-14 homecoming win. Again, Matt, a homecoming, somebody that you can actually beat yes, at homecoming. Yes. Homecoming win over rival Lewisburg last week and hoping to add to their district win total when they travel up Getwell. DeSoto Central is coming off a district win over Center Hill 31-15. There was some controversy over a couple of Jaguar players getting into a fight where suspensions should have been handed down but weren't. DeSoto Central also has turned it around after losing their starting quarterback and dropping some close games at the beginning of the season, only to now have won three in a row in district and sitting tied for first with South Panola. Hernando will need Zach Wilkie to play one of his best games and some help from the ground game to take some pressure off of him. They will also need a big game from their defense to keep the game close and allow the Southern Miss commit to give them a chance in the fourth quarter. I do think this will be a close game. But the strength and size of the Jaguars will be too much as the Tigers will drop a hard-fought game, Matt, I'm thinking around 28-17. to 17. Okay. So good number of points. I, I, I definitely would probably agree with that. The Hernando defense, we talk about it every, every week, not a very big 6A defense, so going to be tough. Uh, definitely hit traveling. Hernando doesn't travel very well. They've not done well on the road this year, so it's going to be a little bit tough for them. I'm going to predict – um, I'm going to predict DeSoto Central 18, Hernando 17. 18, oh, 17. Well, one point. Very close game. Hernando has a decent kicker that can get the ball through at about 35, 40 yards. Uh, but at the same time, I think 18, 17, kind of some goofy way to get to 18. But I think DeSoto Central gets it done tonight. Hernando, tough game. Uh, we will be pulling for you for sure. Uh, still may or may not go to the game. I'm not, not exactly sure. But we will definitely be pulling for you. Good luck to the Hernando Tigers and North Point Trojans tonight as they battle in the district matches. Sorry, Lewisburg, for the 42-3. to three, um, uh, yeah, You just got to lick the wounds, come back next week, and see, see what South Haven has. Look, if you've enjoyed the UTW podcast today, the interview with Hannah Grace Crane, the uh, discussions about the Planning Commission, discussions about some of the shout-outs we've had, that's what we do twice a week here with the UTW podcast, and we really, really appreciate the support as we continue to grow and continue to uh, become a part more and more every every episode of the Hernando community. If you like what you hear, find us on Facebook at UTW Podcast, on Instagram at UTW Podcast, and on Twitter at UTW Pod. If you like what you hear, Give us a five-star review wherever you can hear our voice. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Give us that five-star review. Hit subscribe so you'll know exactly when we put out our new shows. If you like our show, you'll definitely enjoy OB Pod. That's OB Pod. Look for them. They cover Lewisburg, Center Hill, and Olive Branch, the eastern side of DeSoto County. I'll begin to mention it more. You may be able to tell we have some spots for advertisers. If you're interested in advertising on the UTW podcast, please email us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. That's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com or contact me or Derek personally. I'm sure you know somebody that probably knows us or has a relationship with us that can get us in touch with you. So please, if you're interested in advertising as we continue to grow, it's definitely worth looking into. We can send you an advertising packet on our show as we continue to advertise numbers each and every week well Derek you had mentioned we do have a comment someone did comment maybe give a five-star review for us they did give a five-star review what for you us. got we have a five-star review from green ink pen okay green ink pen has a five-star review comments terrific enthusiasm in your dialogue also the DeSoto County Museum's history note always is intriguing but this broadcast 1915 rules for public school teachers 
Wow. There you go. I like it. So there you go. I mean, you never know what Rob Long from the Southern County Museum is going to get over to us. Uh, we saw Rob at the Rotary Club meeting. He was very complimentary about our show, learns a lot from our show each and every week. Look, most people don't want to sit down and watch YouTube videos of the Planning Commission or of the Alderman meeting, and that's what Derek does because that's what our show is all about. We love Hernando. We love living under the water tower. We love talking about things going on under the water tower and bring positive news, positive lights here to the city of Hernando. Just so an amazing, amazing, wonderful city we live in. So thank you, Greg. Green Ink Pen for your uh, compliment. We really appreciate it. And uh, maybe uh, continue to give us reviews. Love it. Different ink pens because they could be a different. We got red, we got blue, we got all kind of ink pens. We could do one of those little clicky things where there's like six colors (laughs) all around. Those those things are awesome. Those things are great. (laughs) As we do on our Friday show, if you have plans on Sunday morning, please let that include taking your family to church. Please seek out a church, go to a church. This coming Sunday morning, uh, if you have a church that you pass by all the time, close to your house, somewhere you've been thinking about going, find their information on Facebook, find their service times, and please take your family to church this Sunday. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. She's your queen to be, a queen to be forever, a queen. She's your